This is the Fan Chicken Podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to my podcast. I hope you're all having an okay quarantine so far and are taking care of yourselves and staying healthy. Um, For those of you who don't know who I am, I'm Sam. I'm currently a senior at UC Berkeley, and I'm a double major in computer science and media studies. Um, And I'm graduating in two weeks, which is really surreal and just kind of crazy. And I still don't think I've processed it all completely. And I am really sorry that I didn't release one this weekend. Everything with finals ramping up, um, I just really did not have the time to record another podcast. I've also been feeling really creatively stifled. So coming up with like more original podcast ideas that'll keep you guys entertained for 25 to 30 minutes has been kind of a struggle. Um, But before I get more into today's episode, I want to give out some shout outs to some of my other friends' creative projects that they've been working on during this time. So the first shout out goes to my friend Catherine. Um, Not only does she have a great fitness Insta, which I will link down below, but she also has been doing a lot of um, vlogs on her YouTube channel, all having to do with like fitness and just like lifestyle. And I really enjoyed them and I think you guys will too. So I'll definitely link those down below. And then also my friend Kelsey, who also during this time has released a YouTube channel. She does everything from like quarantine crafting to taking you on her quarantine adventures. She also has been displaying a lot of her talents, which include like stand up and writing original songs. And recently she just released um, some covers of her singing. And so I'll also be linking that down below if you want to go and support her. She's very talented. Love you both, Catherine and Kelsey. Definitely check them out. And so the next thing I'm going to get into is our weekly segment of something I've tried or done over quarantine that I've liked and didn't like. And so this week's thing that I've liked was I used this website called Be Funky. This is not a sponsored video by them in any way, shape or form, Um, but I used it out of my own goodwill and it's free um, to make some background collages for both my laptop and my phone. And they're super cute and very trendy and it just makes me happy every time I look at the screen. So I definitely recommend making some of those if you're bored. Um, And then this week's dislike is there are millions of, I think, but anywhere between 12 to 15 million, I've seen different statistics of kids still without computers. I currently have been working with a nonprofit called School Closures that's working on getting underprivileged children um, access to resources during this time, including getting them more computers. And so I'd highly recommend checking that out. If you have any old computers to donate or anything like that, please feel free to contact me. So... Without further ado, today's episode is going to be all about Berkeley and just like things to know about Berkeley before you start. And before I get in in any further, I just want to shout out my friend Elisa actually said she really did not want this episode because she wanted a distraction from school. And I'm very sorry about that. And I promise more diverse content is coming soon. And I've already pre-recorded another episode that I plan on releasing at my usual time on this weekend. So what will this Berkeley episode entail? Before I get into it, I'm just going to talk about the things I won't be including in the episode that might come in a future podcast. So freshman slash college regrets are not going to be included in this video. And the reason why is because that's not Berkeley specific. And I want to do an episode specifically on all of freshman and college regrets, asking my other senior friends like about their regrets throughout their college experience. Um, And because of that, I won't be including that in this video because I want all colleges to be welcome. And I feel like that could be a separate video within itself or separate podcast within itself. Um, I'm going to talk minimally about sorority and Greek life and Rush things because, again, that's going to be a whole separate video. It might even be a separate two videos between Rush and my sorority experience. Um, But I might be mentioning them in terms of like game days or frat parties. 
I also won't be talking about specific organizations I'm in. And if you want to hear more about that kind of stuff, let me know. And I, I will probably come out with more videos specifically about my experience in certain organizations at Berkeley. But for now, I'm just at the very minimal, I'll maybe mention them, but I won't be going into detail. I also won't be talking about how I got into Berkeley. That might be another video, depending on if people want to hear that. I just kind of felt like um, my audience at the moment does not include high schoolers. So I feel like if I made a video about that, no one would really care. Um, I also am not going to be focusing particularly about computer science or media studies. I'm trying to make this a pretty general Berkeley podcast, so I don't want to focus on like my specific experience, which includes my specific majors. But what I will be talking about is literally everything else. I'll be talking about social life, dorms, academics, clubs, the city, the different colleges in the school, um, some other like rumors about Berkeley that you might have heard, all the general Berkeley stuff you can expect I'll try and cover during this video. Um, and I also just want to release a disclaimer. This is my experience specifically. Everyone has different experiences going to the school. So my experience might not be translating to you if you later decide to go to the school. However, I feel like it's valuable to hear from somebody who's been there for four years, who has a pretty good amount of experience in the city and in the Bay Area, um, from somebody who also didn't grow up there. So yeah, without further ado, let's get started. We're going to first start talking about the city and the campus of Berkeley. So Berkeley as a city, um, if you don't know, it's a small city on the outskirts of San Francisco. There's like one part of the Bay where San Francisco is, and then there's this thing called the Bay Bridge, and that leads you to Berkeley. Berkeley, it has absolutely incredible food, especially Asian food. And I would urge you, if you're a freshman, to not just stick to Asian ghetto. For those of you who don't know, that's a little sector of like food area, kind of close to all of the dorms. And for that reason, a lot of freshmen go there. And that also has great food. But I feel like the city of Berkeley just has so much more to offer than that. And so some of my personal favorite food places to go are Toss Noodle Bar. Anyone who knows me knows that's my absolute favorite place to go. I would literally eat it for every meal. Um, I also love Noodle Theory. That one's kind of close to Safeway, which is like our um, supermarket. It's really good. Berkeley Thai House is great. It's really affordable. They have a lot of great deals. The Thai food's really nice. They give you a good amount of portions. Yali's, if you're on campus, has great smoothies that are completely underrated, and no one really knows that about them, but they also have other great foods and snacks. Um, that, along with Free Speech Movement Cafe, I think is great as far as like on-campus food goes. Um, Snack Shack on Northside, I love. Another underrated restaurant that I feel like not a lot of people see. Um, Sliver, it's not underrated at all, but it's great. <laughs> and finally, Cineholic. There's this vegan cinnamon roll place that's absolutely to die for. Um, and I highly would recommend you check it out. It actually won Shark Tank, I'm pretty sure, a couple years ago. Um, the city has really easy access to San Francisco or Oakland, so if there's ever something you need that you don't have, it's pretty easy to get there. You can either Uber or BART or take whatever preferred mode of transportation you need. There's also Emeryville, which has a lot of like a cute little shopping center and a mall. There are a lot of homeless people, and I feel like that's kind of talked about a lot, but that's just something to keep in mind. We have a pretty open campus, so you might also see them roaming around campus and things like that. Um, they're also pretty sure there's a lot of homeless shelters nearby, which is why they kind of have congregated around Berkeley. Berkeley is not the safest place to be, and it really bothers me because I remember watching a lot of videos on YouTube talking about Berkeley before I got there, and people were like, it has a reputation, but it's fine. I've never had a scary experience, and personally for me, I have had quite a few unsafe and uncomfortable experiences on campus. And I'm not saying this to scare anybody, but I don't want to like continue to perpetuate the notion that Berkeley is safe at all times. 
But with that being said, for the most part, I do feel like relatively safe or like I can take care of myself. So definitely just remember to carry around pepper spray. And on that note, it also makes you just more prepared for the real world. Not everywhere you go is going to be super safe. But I feel like most of the time during the day, I'm okay. It's when it gets to be a little later at night that I do get a little bit more concerned. As long as you prepare yourself and like keep aware of your surroundings, you should be okay. And always travel with a buddy. Um, and then as far as the living situation goes in the city of Berkeley, there's a lot of rent in inflation. It's a really expensive place to live. And sometimes it can be hard to find apartments or housing. We actually have a pretty bad um, student homelessness population. However, with that being said, I personally didn't have too much trouble finding apartments. I feel like as long as you talk to your upperclassmen friends and keep an open mind about where, you're, where you can live, it's okay. Um, and then also I want to mention that co-ops and Greek houses generally do offer more affordable housing options. However, I do say Greek houses kind of lightly because the dues for Greek life are pretty expensive. And when you first join, you generally don't move in. So it's not as affordable. But after that, it does become more affordable. Co-ops are always a more affordable option. I've had a couple friends live in co-ops. They've always had great experiences. So I also want to plug them here too. And then we're going to talk about Berkeley specifically as a campus. So that was Berkeley as a city. Um, and then Berkeley as a campus is completely open. Um, there's this whole area called Sproul Plaza, which is generally full of people flyering um, for the different organizations, which means they'll just try and hand you out papers and things like that. Um, and it can get kind of annoying at times, but as long as you plug in your head headphones and like kind of charge through, it's generally okay. It's particularly bad during student election season. Um, in addition to that, there's also this place called Memorial Glade. I'm kind of just going over the more popular uh, areas that are like more crowded, uh, I guess, when you appear on campus that a lot of people flock to. And Memorial Glade is definitely one of them. It's great for tanning or resting between classes. It's very lively and there's generally a lot of students on there. There are also a lot of libraries and some of these libraries are really clean and nice and quiet. And other times they're not very clean. They're not very nice and they're not very quiet. There are only really two libraries that I would say are open 24 hours and that would be main stacks as well as Moffitt. I personally use the libraries a lot as an undergrad, and I feel like they're definitely a resource that's open to everybody, and I enjoyed it for the most part. Um, the campus itself is very hilly, so you can often get pretty tired like walking from side to side. And also with that, the campus is kind of divided based on majors. Like There are certain buildings that I guess are known for housing certain academic subjects. And on north side of campus, it's a lot of the engineering classes. And then on the west side of campus, it's a lot of the environmental science classes. Um, with that being said, though, you definitely will have a lot of classes in different buildings throughout your time at Berkeley. It just like sometimes it can feel like the different parts of campus are more geared towards certain majors. But with that being said, I've never felt uncomfortable going into a part of campus that I don't like necessarily take classes in generally. Um, but some are more familiar to me now just because I have had more classes in those buildings. Um, some buildings are really old and some are really new. new. This gives Berkeley kind of like a unique look that I think is... Um, very special. There's a clock tower called the Campanile in the middle, and I definitely recommend going up at least once. It gives you a view of like all of San Francisco and Oakland and Berkeley, and it's just a really cool thing to do that's free to students. So definitely take advantage of that. Berkeley also has some really insane, crazy squirrels. We actually had like kind of a squirrel infestation problem to the point where they were actually advocating to stop feeding the squirrels. Um, I don't think this is a problem actually unique to Berkeley. I think a lot of colleges have some pretty insane squirrels, but definitely keep an eye out for that. It's an intense experience to be uh, provoked by a Berkeley squirrel. <laughs> and lastly, I just want to mention that Berkeley campus is very political. Um, but I'd say this is mainly a good thing and it keeps you on your toes and it constantly keeps you informed. 
And honestly, I'm pretty grateful for its political activism. It's also just a huge part of Berkeley's history as a school. But with that being said, it can be hard to avoid this sort of political activism if that's generally not your thing. There are a lot of protests, and I would be lying if I said at times it didn't hinder me from like getting to classes or going to class. But again, that's like kind of part of the experience of Berkeley. And I feel like at the end of it, I definitely gave me more of like a well-rounded view of what's going on in the world, if that makes sense. So next, we're going to go into academics. Um, interesting topic, probably the most important one we'll be discussing here today in regards to Berkeley and the school. So I'm going to start off by saying Berkeley has a lot of different colleges. These range from everything from a College of Engineering, College of Chemistry, Letters and Science, Environmental Science, Business, etc. There are a lot of schools, like even more so than the ones I just mentioned. When you're applying, you apply to a specific school. And sometimes it can be harder to change between colleges. Like if you want to switch from letters and science to engineering, I've heard that in particular is kind of a hard switch, as, as well as like switching into a smaller school like the School of Environmental Science. Um, and so for that, I would say if you're not sure about your major, I think letters and science is actually the best place to go just because it offers the most diverse range of like courses. And it's also the most likely place you'll get in. It has the highest acceptance rate, I think, generally. But some classes can be harder to get into than others. Um, generally speaking, I feel like for the most part, you can get into your lower division classes because they're just large enough at Berkeley to hold the capacity. But when it gets into the upper division classes, I feel like that's when it gets harder and harder to get into them and fit them into your schedule. For the first couple of years and maybe even later on, your classes may be huge. This is really dependent on your major. Um, for the most part, discussions are still relatively small and you'll get that one-on-one -on -one interaction with some sort of graduate course instructor or undergraduate course instructor. And because of this reason, getting to know teachers can be more difficult, but it's not impossible. Um, if you utilize their office hours or get involved in their research, I feel like that's a great way to really get to know your, your professors on a more individual level. Um, Berkeley in particular has a great program called the Undergraduate Research Apprenticeship Program. And I actually participated in it for, I think, about two years. And it was definitely an interesting experience. I'm not going to go into too much details about it, but... At the very least, at the end of it, you'll either get published or it will look great on your resume, both of which are pluses, or you might get references and things like that. And also you'll be getting units. So definitely recommend checking that out. Berkeley is a very research oriented university. So I feel like you'll probably find the most passionate people about like the subjects they're studying in that kind of division. Next thing I'm going to be talking about is choosing your major, which is something I've had a lot of first-time experience and confusion about. Uh, I applied to Berkeley and came in undeclared, and basically when you join the College of Letters and Science, you're automatically undeclared, even if you applied to a particular major. Um, and I thought I was going to be a political science major, actually, when I first got to Berkeley, and I ended up with a double major in computer science and media studies, which are pretty far off from the political science major. And I just want to urge you to realize that things change over time. What you might have been passionate about going into the school may not actually be what you're passionate about leaving. And also your passions may not align with what you feel like you want to study. It may not align with what you could see yourself doing as a career. And that's fine. And this isn't a decision to be taken lightly. But at the same time, your major is not the end of the world. Um, I definitely recommend taking intro courses where you can in a bunch of different subjects, but also remember that different majors have different requirements. So some majors may require you to start studying from your freshman year all the way up until your senior year. It could be a four year long course load. And because of that, you can't take too long to decide whether or not you want to major in it. Whereas others give you sort of more leniency in the time it takes to decide for your major. They might not have as many unit requirements as some others. And also, I just want to say, don't spread yourself too thin. You also, if you're in letters and science, and generally, I think every college has different sort of requirements. There are like breadths and general education requirements that you do need to take. 
Also something that I feel like isn't advertised as much that should be is that a lot of majors are impacted. A lot of majors require some sort of application in order to get in and declare. You can't just decide you want to declare one major and then become that major. At Berkeley, it's not that easy most of the time. Um, a lot of majors simply admit you based on your GPA. Um, this was the case for both my majors. And what I mean by that is you take the lower division requirements. And if you, as long as you maintain a certain GPA within those requirements, you are admitted towards the major. Um, some other majors will allow you to appeal this decision. I think both my majors actually have a whole section where you can submit an essay based on why you think you should be admitted and talk about your extracurriculars or things that may not be covered by just your GPA and just your classes. And some have an even more thorough application process than just submitting your lower division requirements and your GPA. For example, Haas, the School of Business, sometimes even has interviews along with this very lengthy application full of essays and things like that. Um, it is probably one of the more competitive majors, business just in general. Um, and then I've also heard that the psych major is relatively impacted and that that can be kind of harder to get into. And with that, I just want to say you should always have a backup plan. Like I remember panicking, worried that if I didn't declare computer science, I didn't know what I would do. Um, but there are a lot of related and overlapping majors, especially in the College of Letters and Science, um, when it comes to pretty much every major um, that you can definitely pick as like backup plans or if something doesn't work out and still be able to take relatively the same courses just with a different major on paper. So next we're going to talk about clubs and extracurriculars. There are literally hundreds of clubs at Berkeley you can join. Go to all of the different fairs that sort of advertise all of these clubs. Talk to your upperclassmen friends. Do your research. Um, there's so many different things you can get involved in. I can't even explain. The different clubs at Berkeley range from more career-oriented oriented clubs to just for fun clubs. Um, there's a lot of consulting clubs. I think this is probably the most popular type of club to join. And also, I can, I'm going to say this. You can definitely branch out from what you did in high school. Like, you don't need to do the same things you were doing in high school. Or you can do the same things you were doing in high school. Like, for me, for example, in high school, I did marching band and model UN. And I was a volunteer at the Science Museum. Um, at school, like I was in computer science research, which was something I never, I never coded before coming to college. I was involved in IM soccer. I was in a social sorority. I wrote for the school newspaper. You know, there's a lot of different things that you can do to sort of branch out. And that's just a few of the things I was involved in. I was involved in a lot more, I think, throughout my four years of college. And so the next thing I'm going to be talking about is clubs can be very competitive. And so with that being said, I'm going, this is going to lead me into kind of the next sort of segment of the podcast, which is all about the competitive nature of Berkeley, because I feel like that is something when you think about Berkeley that immediately pops into your head. And I feel like it's important to be addressed when talking about campus culture, clubs, and also academics. Clubs and classes can be very competitive. However, that's not the case for all classes. Some classes are not based off of a curve and some classes are less competitive than others. And even the ones that seem competitive may not be competitive to you. Or sometimes there can be an overarching competitive feeling. Um, and this I felt more so in my computer science classes than my media studies classes. But I'd say for the most part, people are generally helpful. I would be lying if I didn't say that there have been times where someone has used me for help and then not helped me later or just not helped me at all when I've asked. I would be lying. If and with that being said, I feel like the most competitive nature that I can see isn't really as much through classes as it is through clubs. Many boast about having low acceptance rates. This is actually something a lot of clubs will highly advertise as what makes them more like appealing. That in the same way that like colleges with lower acceptance rates kind of boast about their low acceptance rates. And I want to say this even occurs in a lot of charitable organizations, like organizations where you want to donate your time to helping others even sometimes will have low acceptance rates. The fact that clubs are so competitive is generally a really sucky feeling. 
And the reason why I say apply to a lot of clubs is because sometimes they can be really competitive and that getting involved in sort of these extracurriculars and organizations is truly the best way to make friends at school at a school as big as Berkeley. And it is quite unfortunate that they do. A lot of clubs do have low acceptance rates. However, that's not the case for all of them. And I feel like you can definitely get involved without having to apply or be in a club with a super low acceptance rate. Um, it just kind of takes a little bit of looking around to find the things that you're interested in. I also just want to say, um, don't let rejection get you down. Like if you are rejected from these clubs when you first apply, like don't forget to apply again. A lot of them actually put priority on people who have applied more than once. And I'd also urge you to look for similar organizations. There are so many different organizations at Berkeley that if you don't get into one, I'm sure there's one that's fairly similar that you could also apply to. And also, I just want to remind you again that you all got into Berkeley. You're equally as capable as everyone else at the school, even if they reject you from their club. Um, imposter syndrome is something that I feel like definitely runs rampant around the school and it can be hard to not let that get down. And that's not just uh, within clubs, I feel like within academics as well. Sometimes I feel like it's really easy to feel like you're not as talented or good as everybody else because you're around such amazing, like academically stimulated people. But I would say that like, you know, you all got into the same school, you're just as capable as everyone else. And I know at times it can feel like Everyone is so impressive, but you are impressive in yourself. And I feel like that's something that I personally, it took me a long time to realize. So um, in conclusion, Berkeley can be unnecessarily competitive, but it does help you help set you up for the real world. And it shows those who excel truly are the best at what they do. The sink or swim mentality uh, that Berkeley kind of cultivates can lead to a lot of imposter syndrome, but there are a lot of also genuinely kind, nice people that are there to help you if you need it. Like the competitive nature is definitely one aspect of Berkeley, but there are also plenty of other people who don't follow this particular niche. And it also really depends on who you choose to surround yourself with. There are a lot of people at Berkeley who are inherently very competitive, and I wouldn't say that's necessarily a bad thing, but there are also a lot of people at Berkeley who are there just to cheer you on, and they aren't there to compare themselves with you. And um, you know, there are a lot of people at Berkeley who don't sort of foster this mentality. And the next thing I'm going to be talking about kind of going along the same lines of how Cal prepares you for your future is like how Cal is sort of a career oriented school. There is a lot of talk about internship, but I just want to say that any internship is impressive. All internships are impressive to me and not having an internship is not the end of the world. There are so many people, successful people I know and have met over the years who never had an internship and were still able to get a great job right out of college or just a great job eventually. But I'll say this about not having an internship. I'd be lying if I said Berkeley didn't make me feel like not having an internship was the end of the world um, just because so many people are constantly talking about that and it's something that Berkeley highly promotes and emphasizes. Um, and with that being said, there are plenty of career fairs throughout the year, both for internships and full-time jobs. And if you don't know what a career fair is, basically it's a bunch of different companies come to your school and line up with a bunch of different tables and give out different goodies and swag sort of so that you can help promote the company. And at the same time, they'll also take resumes and answer questions to let you get to know these companies better in regards to their internships and full-time jobs. This is different at all different colleges and they recruit at different colleges. Because Berkeley is such a career-oriented school, a lot of different big companies do come to campus and recruit throughout the year. Career fairs are very overwhelming. <laughs> and or I'd be lying if I said I didn't walk into a career fair and immediately leave because I've been so intimidated by just the sheer amount of people there trying to all compete for the same jobs. And sometimes career fairs can be effective. So I wouldn't I would urge you to still like consider continue to go, even if they can seem pretty overwhelming and daunting. And they are particularly good at answering questions you may have about their internship or full-time roles. 
And oftentimes, even if you do show up and have your resume in hand, they'll just tell you to apply online. But it does give you a good idea of like what really is out there. And overall, I'd say they are pretty helpful. I'm not going to go into super detail about this. A big request on my podcast was about like women in tech and my experience um, as a computer science major at Berkeley. And maybe at some point I'll do that and I'll dive more into the internship experience. But for the purposes of this podcast, I feel like the only thing to really take away from this is that Cal is a very much career oriented school and there are a lot of different career fairs and ways that you can help further your career. So the last part of Berkeley I'm going to be talking about, which is probably the most interesting, uh, is the social life. And I would say the best way to give yourself a social life is to either make friends in your building or hall if you're a freshman or join clubs and organizations. But yeah, definitely getting involved is the best way to give yourself a social life. And then I'm going to talk about parties. <laughs> so if you want to go to frat parties or game day, I feel like the best way to do this is to join Greek life. If you're friends with a brother in a frat, then that is another way to get in. But because... Berkeley runs on this thing called the bid system. If you're not in a sorority or fraternity, it can be a lot harder to get into frat parties or game day. The bid system basically is a system in place where all of the sororities get wristbands from fraternities, and that's you have to show your wristband in order to get into the parties. And if you want a wristband and you're not in a sorority or fraternity, you either have to have a friend from a sorority give you one that was initially for a member of her house, or you have to get a member of a fraternity to give you a bid to their house. And that way it's kind of an exclusive thing and it's not my favorite part of Berkeley. And if you really want to hear more about like my experience in Greek life, again, I'll be doing that in another video. But yeah, I just say if you want to go to frat parties or game day, which it's totally fine if that's not your thing, because I'd say actually a majority of Berkeley does not go to frat parties or game day. But if that is your thing, it's there for you if you want it. Frat parties and game days can be really fun, but joining Greek life or being involved in Greek life is kind of something that'll make that a lot easier for you. But with that being said, apartment and house parties are also really lit and super fun. And there's also a decent amount of bar hopping and bars in Berkeley, if that's like your scene, if you're over 21. Um, the older you get, the more common I'd say apartments and house parties are. And then lastly, sports. There are a lot of sporting events. A lot of them are even free. And the most popular sporting event that people will go to are the football games. They are really fun. I feel like that's the place where you see by and far the most amount of Cal spirit. So in conclusion, I'll just say this about my time at Berkeley. It's been quite a transformative experience. Experience. Sometimes it was great and other times it really felt dreadful and really miserable. Academics can be really challenging, but I feel like it can also be very rewarding. I don't think I've ever learned more than I have in four years of my life than I really did at Berkeley. I'm really grateful for all the friends I've made over the years going to Berkeley. And if you're one of them listening to this, just know you've positively impacted my experience. And so with that being said, go Bears, <laughs> and I'll see you all next time for this podcast. Thank you so much for bearing with me. If you don't go to Berkeley, I hope this wasn't too boring for you, and it was actually kind of interesting. And if you do go to Berkeley or are considering going to Berkeley, I hope that this helps you in some way, shape, or form. So with that being said, see you all next time. Be on the lookout for a guest list for upcoming episodes. I'm going to start actually... Um, making a list of like what topics are coming out on what days so that people can volunteer to kind of be on it with me. I'm getting tired of just talking to myself during these podcasts and I feel like it'll be a lot more interesting and fun for you guys to be more involved and hear me talking to my friends. So thank you all so much for watching and I'll see you all around. This is the Band Chicken Podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah.